If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Powercast. I'm your host, N64Josh, on this Nintendo News Minute. And we are going to jump right into this thing. The Super Mario Brothers movie is now available for digital purchase. I picked mine up this morning on Vudu. It is $30, $30 to purchase, which is what I assumed yesterday. Or you can rent it for $25. It's the whole, like, on Vudu, it's the Fandango at home thing. But if you've been waiting, I know I have a lot of people. You guys probably remember uh, Eric used to be a host on the show. He doesn't like going to the theater. I don't even know if he saw this movie. So today may be the first time he's seeing it. And, uh, you know, so and if may, maybe you've waited as well because you just don't like theaters anymore. And I, I totally understand. But you are going to be in for a treat. From the article here from My Nintendo News, it says, Super Mario Bros. movie is finally available for consumers in the United States to own or rent on popular digital streaming platforms such as Prime Video or the iTunes Store. However, if you wish to own the movie, it will cost you a premium price of $30. If you just want to rent it, well, it's $5 less at $25. Uh, you might as well just buy it at that point. You can watch it either 4K, 1080p, or standard definition. Though the pricing seems to be the same for each, which is very, I mean... If, if you guys have purchased, you know, you know, Fandango while still in the theaters or whatever that is, this is the, this is all, this is all standard practice. So it's not, it's not anything that was surprising to me. They're just giving you the option of, I, I mean, essentially, if you go to a movie, they're, they're especially the, uh, especially like IMAX or any of that stuff, it, it's over 20 bucks a ticket. So $30 isn't that bad, but if you want to wait until the release of physical, it will drop another another $10 and you can you can save that $10 that way. But for me just having this having this movie to be I'm going to probably watch it with my with my parents today. You guys probably noticed my mic sounds a little different. I'm on vacation right now. And so um I'm hoping to sit down with my folks tonight and uh and watch watch the Super Mario Brothers movie with them. And uh, my youngest daughter has yet to see it because she's not a fan of theaters either. So one way or another, this movie will be on today. Uh, Splatoon is back in the news. And uh, Splatoon 3, Sizzle Season 2023 update revealed. This is from NintendoLife.com. New weapons, stages, game modes, and more. 
And it says splatting onto the Switch next month. Jumping into the article, it says Nintendo today announced a brand new season will be inking its way into Splatoon 3 next month as Sizzle Season 2023 kicks off the 1st of June. Much like the recent fresh season and the opening chill season before that, there is a whole lot of new content that will be heading to the game with this update, including fresh new weapons, stages, game modes, gear, and more. You can get a taste of all that is on its way in the trailer that is above. If you guys go to Nintendo's YouTube, you can watch the trailer or their Twitter. They did tweet it out. Um, and we're going to continue reading here. We can get, give you guys a nice summary of, you know, if you just want to, if you just want to, you know, the today I learned. So in terms of stages, Sizzle Season will introduce the brand new Barnacle and Dime Battleground, which appears to be fully operational shopping center with some floating splat turf in the middle. Also making a comeback will be Humpback Pump Track. Uh, try saying that five times fast is what the article says. Yeah, no kidding. Not an easy one to say. Um, course from Splatoon 2, bringing its sloped arena into the series third entry. And then we've also got some Salmon Run info. The frantic egg collecting game mode is also getting a new stage as Jammin' Salmon Junction joins the fray. Uh, so speaking of game modes, Sizzle Season will introduce special battles into the game known as Challenges. We have seen three of these so far, comprising of too many Trizookas, everyone has a Trizooka special, Foggy Notion, the arena is covered in fog, and Extreme Jump Battle, everyone can jump, you guess it, extremely high. Whether or not there are more of these around the corner, we're not sure, but mixing up the rules of battle is always a nice change. This, the last part here, guys, is what really gets me excited. So when it comes to Splatoon, I typically try to stay with the end zap. For me, there's just always, I don't know, it's, it's strange, but I love being able to use anything that is retro-inspired or from Nintendo's history. And well, today is my lucky day, apparently, because the Super Scope has made its way into Splatoon 3. And honestly... It, this has me so excited that I'm gonna. Pl I'm planning on jumping back into this. So from the article it says, then we have fresh new weapons. First, there is a paintbrush that looks to be part of the brushes family of weapons. Um, I mean that would make sense, right? This is from the article and has a slightly wider ink spread than the standard ink brush. Sizzle season will also see the introduction of the S Blast 92, a new blaster which appears to be modeled on the SNES Super Scope controller from the 90s. On top of this, the season will also bring its usual new catalog of fresh clothing and items and a new batch of table turf battle cards. So this thing looks awesome, you guys. I know if you're only listening, you're not seeing the video, but the Super Scope was one of those items that I got as a kid, loved it. It became a a like a family event to play Super Scope. Honestly, there were all these different all these different mini games where you could you could shoot uh, like almost like a whack a mole. There was a stage where a bunch of different rockets were being fired at your base, and you'd have to try to to take them out. and And it was it was really cool, and it, it was a lot of fun. And then my little sister, who was literally I mean she was born in 1991. So I believe the thing came out in 92. I probably got it in 93. She had just gotten teeth. I had left it where she could reach it, and she chewed the end of the super scope. So the way it worked is there was a scope you put your eye to, 
but then there was a smaller little dot that you would look through and that's how you would aim. She chewed that part of my super scope off. I remember being so angry and telling her I would never forget this. And when she was able, she was going to pay me back. Because, I mean, I was like, I was like 11, 11 years old when this went down. So I was so, I was so, so upset about this. Because I loved the Super Scope. It was one of my favorite games to play on the Super Nintendo. But, unfortunately, it was short-lived. So the other thing about this, it looks like it's going to be a blaster. Which, blasters are a lot of fun. And... They're one of the weapon types that I would, I, I would like to, to play with more. So the fact that I'm going to be able to do this while still rocking something from, you know, classic Nintendo days really, really gets me excited. Um, you can let me know your thoughts in the, uh, the, the podcast player section. There's a, there's a spot where you can, you can leave a comment. Are you, will this get you back in? Does uh, retro-inspired stuff like this get you excited? Let me know. In the, in the comments. Over to Nintendo Life again. There is a glow-in-the-dark Zelda Tears of the Kingdom keychain available from my Nintendo Rewards. And uh, it's pretty cool looking, you guys. It's, it's, it's black with uh, what has the Ultra Hand uh, symbol on it with like an eye looking down. And the thing glows in the dark. So uh, from the article here, it says Nintendo has made a rather lovely looking Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom keychain available as a reward through my Nintendo, uh, costing 600 platinum points in Europe and 550 platinum points in North America, plus postage cost. The keychain comes in at a five centimeter in diameter and is made of zinc alloy. Best of all, it glows in the dark. For the best effect, Nintendo advises holding it in a bright light for a couple of minutes. It is a limited one per customer, uh, but reckon these things are likely to sell out rather quickly, so be sure to act fast if you want one. So head on over to My Nintendo and uh, see if you have an opportunity to snag this keychain. Uh, they could already be gone. We can do a quick check here just so you guys know. I'm checking the US right now, and you know what? It is still available, so as of recording, at uh, 9.30 Pacific a.m., it is still available. So if you want to be able to get your hands on the, on the keychain, act quickly. Now it's time to get out a grain of salt because we are going to be uh, looking at a potential rumor that Disney and Square Enix are working on a Smash Brothers-inspired game called Disney Domination. This is from My Nintendo News, and uh, it says, Disney has apparently teamed up with Square Enix to develop a new Smash Brothers-inspired video game, which is called Disney Domination. The roster reportedly features up to 55 characters at launch, spanning multiple Disney franchises, which are spread across a single-player campaign that features 60 stages. Disney Domination has apparently been in development since 2018 and started a passion project... Uh, and started a passion... I'm guessing it's supposed to say started as a passion project, but swelled with reported team of up to 240 developers. The launch window for Disney Domination is second half 2024, and it should be noted that this is a rumor and neither companies have announced the project. Uh, Disney Domination... So just some little, like, uh, a handful of bullets here. Disney Domination will feature up to 55 characters at launch, spread across a single-player campaign with 60 stages... Um, there will be so many online modes, including 12-player online battles, voice, chat battles, Disney Dominion missions, and more. 
There will be a lounge in Disney Domination where players can share custom stages and other content, and it will boast a unique art style that looks like something out of the Unreal Engine 5. And it is supposed to be edgy. Reportedly is being developed by Square Enix, and that is totally unconfirmed. So there you go. Just That's a lot of details for something that is not confirmed, but... It seems like a likely choice following the success of Smash. We've seen other games pop up that are, that are you know, the very similar uh, style. None seem to quite capture it as well as Smash, but, uh, you know, there's, there's always room for, for something like this to, uh, to dethrone the king, if you will, and uh, potentially make, make Nintendo, at the very least, fix the online with Smash Brothers because it desperately needs it. Um, lastly here, there is a, uh, kind of a cool piece of news from, um, uh, Aja and Anuma. He says, uh, expect more open world Zelda games going forward. Okay. So from, this is from Nintendo Life. It says when the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild launched back in 2017, it definitely seemed like a turning point for the franchise. Um, and we all felt it, right? 3D Zelda games have generally always felt quite smaller, uh, similar to one another in terms of structure ever since Ocarina of Time. Titles like Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, um, bent and stretched the formula in certain degrees, but there was undoubtedly a sense of familiarity with each entry. Breath of the Wild felt different, largely thanks to its focus on vast open world environment. And uh, Anuma um, is to, uh, and if Anuma is to be believed, it looks like this will be the format of the series going forward. Um, in an interview with Game Informer, the veteran producer stated that while Ocarina of Time created a set formula for the subsequent entries in the series, Breath of the Wild is now, has now changed the rules and created a new type of formula for the teams at Nintendo to work from in future series. And here's exactly what he had to say, his quote. It says, with Ocarina of Time, I think it's correct to say that it did kind of create a format for a number of titles in the franchise that came after. But in some ways, that was a little bit restricting for us. While we always aim to give players freedoms of certain kinds, there were certain things that format didn't really afford in giving people freedom. Of course, the series continued to evolve after Ocarina of Time, but I think it's also fair to say now that we've arrived at Breath of the Wild and the new type of more open play and freedom that it affords. Yeah, I think it is correct to say that it has created a new kind of format for the series to proceed from. So, this to me is one of those situations that's like, this isn't, this isn't a bad thing. I love Breath of the Wild. It's, I think everybody always says it's the best non-Zelda Zelda game. But going forward, if we're only going to see this format, there, there is a part of me that is a... That, might be a little bit disappointed by that, only because I've loved going back into games like like Link's Awakening. I'm excited for uh, to try to really dig into Minish Cap, you know, and some of those some of those classic, just real classic Zelda games. But I loved Link's Awakening so much that if we still wanted those traditional Zelda games, I would be perfectly okay with seeing Zelda games that were remakes. You know, we've got the Oracle of Seasons, the, both the Oracle, Oracle of Ages, uh, Minish Cap could use the same treatment as Link's Awakening. The original game, the original game, seeing, seeing The Legend of Zelda, 
from, from the 80s get a remake similar to Link's Awakening on the Switch, I would be so, so here for that. And, and maybe, you know, maybe add a few little tweaks here and there and just, just kind of make it a little more modern. But that would be fantastic for me. I would love to see that collection of games all get that treatment while we still see these open world, you know, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom style games. To me, that would really scratch the itch and uh, I would be completely satisfied with that. But again, what do you think about this, that moving forward, The Legend of Zelda is basically going to be more open world, at least from what Anuma is saying right now. And that doesn't mean that that formula can't change over time. And I'll tell you guys, I'm having an absolute blast with Tears of the Kingdom. I finally just kind of no-lifed it yesterday and uh, the second episode of today's NPC is going to be all about I'm just going to start doing a Tears of the Kingdom vlog talking about the different things that I'm doing they're going to be you know 10 to 15 minute episodes but while Tears of the Kingdom is going strong I, that's going to be my main focus and once I get back home there's going to be more gameplay and stuff like that and uh, I'm also doing a series of introducing Mario Kart into Tears of the Kingdom via the different machines that we can make and seeing how far I can send I can send some of the Karak seeds into or the the Karaks into uh, uh, just just through Hyrule and I don't have certain items yet they haven't been unlocked to me but I'm having a great time just exploring Hyrule again getting back in and doing the doing the the shrines and currently just looking for the uh, each of the uh, like the the outpost temples or whatever so that you kind of unlock all the map and i'm having a great time with it so we'll talk about it more in in a later episode this has been your nintendo news minute thank you guys so much for for listening or watching if you're on youtube make sure to hit that like and subscribe button i really appreciate you and we will see you in the next one bye now